Okay, so Federico, it's just me and you. Okay. And we're taking a slight break from our series uh, mm-hmm. to talk about PlayStation VR. And the reason that it's just me and you is because our intrepid co-host, Shahid, <laughs> is in San Francisco. I think he's actually on his way back from San Francisco. He yeah. flew out to GDC for two days uh, to mingle with the, the people. This was like a last-minute decision from him. And we have some exciting stuff and that we're going to talk about a little bit later on in the show. And you'll see part of the reason why Shahid flew out to San Francisco. Um, But one of the main reasons was because of the PlayStation VR event and announcement, uh, which I think we should maybe talk about today because this is, I think over our platform review, especially last time, talking a lot about VR and and now PlayStation's entering the VR realm just as we were getting ready to do our PlayStation year in review. So we're probably going to still tackle that next time but we wanted to take some time today to do a special episode about the PlayStation VR announcement and what's kind of looking ahead at the uh, release of this product later on in the year. Yeah, I feel like, especially with uh, a lot of people saying that uh, this year's GDC uh, was the, the you know the GDC with of VR in so many ways, so many mm-hmm. VR announcements from PlayStation to uh, Oculus. You know, uh, Oculus also announced their lineup of 30 games today so it's definitely you know the, the game developers conference based on you know the, the theme of vr uh and sony entering the the, the stage with a commercial release uh, i feel like it's a big deal and it's worth taking a break for yeah. from our platform series yeah and also this is one that you know we're a little bit biased for because this is probably the the VR headset that we're all going to buy because yes. none of us are interested well me and you are not interested in buying PCs to run an Oculus. Eh, and uh, I mean I I considered the idea but it's just too much of an expense and I don't really know what to do with the PC, you mm-hmm. know. So the biggest thing that you know mm-hmm. the question on everyone's mind was how much was this thing going to cost? And the price is surprising with some caveats. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at $399, €399, and £349. Yes. Which is a fantastic price. It's a fantastic price. It's con- it's uh, I feel like it's $200 cheaper than the Oculus and a lot cheaper than the HTC Vive. Uh, yep. And a lot of people are saying that Sony is entering VR at the low end of you know the pricing spectrum which is interesting because the uh, you know $400 is not cheap uh but it's way cheaper than the Rift and the Vive and i mean the having this kind of accessory for a PlayStation 4 it's much easier to set up you know than buying a PC assembling a PC that matches the specs of the Oculus or the Vive uh but it's also more expensive than the PlayStation 4 itself. So it's kind of an interesting pricing point. Well, one of the things that's key for me is you can buy, well, you will be able to buy a PlayStation 4 and a PlayStation VR for not too far off the price of the Oculus. Yeah. And you buy a console with a, you know, with a strong presence in the market, Uh a strong catalog, and also VR. Yeah, let alone before you need to drop another 1500 on a PC. So the specs aren't as great, right? Like, you know, they're, yeah. I don't know. You know so saying about getting in the low end, uh, low end on pricing, you know, it feels like mid-end, I guess, the mid-range on the specs. Yeah. But I think they're going to be good enough. I really do feel like they're going to be good enough. Uh, like there was a Verge hands-on video, um, and I think it was Chris Plant 
Yeah, and Chris Plant for The Verge is saying that the the hardware is good. It's a little uh, cheap feeling in some places, but fine enough. And, you know, the screen is good. And, you know, you can still see some pixels in some places, but it does a really good job. And for that price point, I'm happy with that price point, personally. Like, I I am... I've actually pre-ordered one. Oh, already? Yeah, I pre-ordered one. The Amazon pre-orders went up today in the UK. Uh, and then after 10 minutes, they were unavailable again. So, oh, Let me look on Amazon Italy. So, so I got my pre-order in. Oh, well, it's not on Amazon Italy. So okay, sorry about that. I should call up my guy, yeah. <laughs> the video game store owner. Um, I mean, we're looking at a OLED uh, 1080p panel, uh, mm-hmm. 120 hertz refresh rate, 100 degree field of view, and I mean, the, the specs are lower than the Oculus Rift and the Vive, but I feel like the important thing to consider here is that it's a, it's a good way to get people into VR because, you know, you don't have to care about specs. You don't have to assemble your own dedicated PC or make sure that a PC matches the requirements of the Rift and the Vive. It's just, you know, in a way, a plug and play sort of experience. You buy a PlayStation 4, you buy the VR, and you're all set. And I feel like that's that's a good, maybe even a great way to get a lot of people into VR. I want to backtrack on something you just said, because this is the other headline, I guess, which is taking yeah, that you yeah. said you're all set. Technically, no. I know. <laughs> so the the headset is three ninety nine, but you also need the PlayStation camera. The camera is a requirement for the PSVR headset, but it is not included. Uh, it runs at around $50. I have actually purchased one of these already. Oh, yeah? Um, there's going to be a run on these, is my thinking. So considering the PlayStation camera is already an available product, uh, I picked it up for £40 on Amazon, and it will just sit in a box waiting until October when the PSVR is released. I figured I may as well just get in there now and get it. So an additional $50 is not a lot more money, really. Um, it adds like 10% of the cost on but I, I think it's it frustrates me that it's not in the box, considering it's a requirement. Because the Move motion controllers are also not in the box, but you don't need those. I think mm-hmm. that they will add functionality for some games, but you don't. It's not a requirement for the PSVR to work. Yeah, the the camera is. So it's it's weird to me that it's not in the box. Yeah, the camera is used for positional tracking mm-hmm. to because there's nine sensors in the uh, on, on top of the VR helmet. Uh, the move controllers you can decide to use those or the DualShock Four. So I saw uh, a demo of London Heist. Uh, you can choose to to use the move controllers, you know, to to kind of control your hands and the weapons, or you can just play with the DualShock. I guess it'll be more I- immersive with the move controllers. Yeah, I plan to get those, but I'm not yeah. running to get them now. Why not the move controllers too? Um, because it's less of a thing. Like if I have to wait for a couple of weeks or whatever, because like, I'll I'll pick those up later. But let's say that mm-hmm. I don't bother getting them until I have the 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 PSVR headset. I don't need them. I can wait a little bit longer to get them and then enhance the play. But if I have to wait or there's some sort of problem in trying to get the camera, I can't. The box is it's basically yeah. just a, a a dead weight, right? Yeah. So I just figured I might as well get it. How do you feel about about the announcement? How do you feel about you know Sony showed a lot of developers working on VR content, VR games, Japan, Europe, America. A lot of people are seem to be on board with Sony's you know product. Apparently, they have 230 developers who are working on content for PSVR. 
They have 160 software titles, and they expect 50 games to be available from the launch in October to the end of 2016. Uh, I think it's fantastic. And they also announced some exclusive VR Star Wars Battlefront levels. Yeah. That's the type <laughs> of stuff I want to play. As I, well I as like the you. little games, but like being in the Star Wars world and playing, like that sounds fantastic. Look, at the end of the day, this is where a lot of stuff is going to be happening, right? It's going to be happening on PlayStation because it's a platform that already exists. It's a platform that has people that work with developers and can convince them. You know, like they have this big infrastructure there already and it's established. Um, I think that this is a great show. To have that many games, even if they're not amazing, all of them, but like just to mm-hmm. have that much software within you know, a few months from launch and leading up into the holiday season. I think that's fantastic. That's a good show. Yeah, I feel like Sony learned from the PlayStation 4 launch, you know? There weren't so many games. No. And it seems to me like they they knew they made a mistake and they're trying to do better this time. 50 games between October and December sounds great to me. Even if those games are terrible, just as a way to test VR to see what it's like. Even if those are mini games, you know, like spin-offs or of popular games or like just some levels of a game i mean that's good enough for me you know the thing about vr and like so i pl- i played with a gear vr uh last week um and i was just playing around in a a game which was basically you would walk inside of picasso paintings okay <laughs> i don't want to play that game but I was enthralled by the experience. That, I think, is the difference of VR. Even if the games aren't necessarily what you want, even if they're not that great, the experience of the virtual reality gaming is an experience enough in and of itself. So I think that's what's going to make it so fun. And something that I'm actually quite excited about is the cinematic mode that they announced. Yeah, what's what's that? I, I, I don't understand. Basically... Too. You can play previous games, watch movies, and that kind of stuff with the PSVR, and it just looks like a big TV. In front of your eyes. In front of your eyes. It's just a big TV. So you can play, um, basically, you can play PlayStation content without needing to connect to your TV or watch it on your TV. So it's like the the next extension of the gamepad, right, uh, mm. from from Nintendo. So I like the idea of being able to do that. Like I'm playing a division right now, and I could play the division with this big headset on in front of me. And I oh, bet it's wait, real... you're playing the division? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. On your recommendation, I bought okay. the division, and I'm now I'm playing it. I could play it with this lovely headset on. Um, and play that way. And it looks like that Sony have made a lot of considerations to building the thing for comfort. They have like a different kind of, uh, the way that it's supported on your head is by like this band that goes around your head takes most of the weight rather than it being like heavily weighted on the front of your face. Mm-hmm. seems like they put a lot of work into it. And in the presentation, they emphasize the fact that they are able to do this and do this at this price because of their history of making products. They're already profitable at that price point, so they make money from the PlayStation VR, despite the fact that it's cheaper than the Oculus Rift. That's the display of a company that can make stuff. Yep. Yep. So talking about what's not in the box, they showed a picture of all the stuff that is, and there's a lot of wires. There's a lot of cables and a a lot lot of stuff going on. I'm not thrilled about this, to be honest. I mean, mean, what are you going to do? But... There's like an extra box. There's a cable that runs out of it that has multiple USB ports. Like, I'm really looking forward to versions three and four of VR where it's all wireless uh, because the, the way that it is right now, like, that's it's not ideal, 
really. Basically, right now, if if uh, for a living you do unboxing videos, that's great. Uh, if you're a normal person, <laughs> I mean, the picture looks like a nightmare. There's like one, yeah. two, three, like ten cables, something like that. Yeah. Sony didn't actually comment on whether uh, the PlayStation VR will evolve, uh, like uh, you know, with the in terms of revisions in the future. Uh, will they do PSVR two like two years from now? Uh, will they only release an updated VR uh, device with a PlayStation Five? They didn't want to comment on that. I guess they're going to wait to see how it sells, right? Yeah, I guess. I continue to believe that Sony has the best shot at making VR popular. You know, this, I, I'm going to take a, a, a long bet here and say that this is going to be huge this holiday season. I, I, I really so. think this could be the potential of what the Wii was like. Not that size, but the idea of everyone wants it and it's sold out everywhere. Sony was clever in showing uh, one of the games, uh, the trailer of a party game, you know, mini games with, you know, people on the couch and one person wearing the v, PlayStation VR and the other people, in, you know, around them uh, just playing together. And I think it was a, not, not just, you know, a trailer, a trailer of a multiplayer game, but also kind of a message to say you can play with PlayStation VR in a social environment with people around you. You don't have to be alone. And also, it was clever of them to create the videos for the games, uh, n- not showing people with the actual device on their heads, but like with a silhouette, like with a with an abstraction of the device. Uh, because I mean, you look like a dork when you mm-hmm. wear PlayStation VR. So, <laughs> well, all VR, all VR in general. Because uh, most of the time, you have like an open mouth. <laughs> <laughs> every every picture in, including some pictures of me which i'll put in the show notes with the gear vr on my head my mouth is open because mm-hmm. you're like oh like, you what know. is going on uh it was definitely clever to show off the the multiplayer party game and i and i think it'll be it'll be a great demo in social situations to show it off to your friends and again you made a great point with the with the wii uh scenario I think it'll totally play, play, play out like that. Uh, and in general, I feel like the future of VR is either the Sony approach, so we make a console, then you can also buy VR, or it's going to be mobile. So Gear VR, uh, when, whenever Apple gets into VR, so you only have to use your smartphone, which you already have, and then you have to buy this little you know, accessory. Yeah, I agree. I feel like one of those two is, is the yeah. winner. There may And there will always be high-end VR headsets for PC games yeah, uh, in the same way that PC games continue to exist. But the real money is in mobile and console. And I think it's going to remain that way. So we're both going to buy a PlayStation VR. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I'm interested in virtual reality. This is the easiest way for me to get into it. I own a PlayStation already. Um, all, all the games that I like to play are, are on PlayStation. This is an extension of that. This is why I think that this thing is going to sell so well. They have over 40 million PlayStations sold in the world. That's going to continue to increase. Yeah. This is another thing this holiday season. I think this is going to be a big deal. I think that that October release is for a reason. Is for Thanksgiving and Christmas. They want it in the holiday season. Yeah, I mean, you 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 use VR more than me. I only have a Google Cardboard mm-hmm. thing. The Google Cardboard is still amazing, though, right? And even in its complete low tech. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a piece of cardboard, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but, but it works and it yep. gives me an idea. I tried to describe VR to my girlfriend. She still doesn't grasp the concept of she's sitting next to me and I'm wearing a helmet and I'm yeah. not looking at her. Well, this is the other side of the Wii argument. Is, is it going to be the Wii or is it going to be the Wii U where it's impossible mm. to market? Right. Because you can't accurately show off what you're meant to be seeing. Same as the 3DS problem. How do you show 3D on a screen that yeah. is not 3D? Yeah, it, it'll be interesting for me to see if uh, there, some developers will consider a way to bring external audio into VR so I can still hear people talking to me even if I'm actually in VR. I don't know if that's possible or if that's completely wrong, but to me it still feels kind of weird to completely isolate myself from what's going on around me. That's the big question that I have. No, I definitely think you're right, Federico. And actually, we wanted to find out a little bit more about these types of considerations. So we have spoken to Shuhei Yoshida, president of Worldwide Studios at PlayStation. And that is coming up just after this break. Today's special episode of Remaster is brought to you in part by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. With Igloo, you don't have to be stuck at your desk to do your work. You'll be able to manage your task lists and everything related to your job, maybe sharing status updates with your colleagues, documents, no matter what it is, you'll be able to access it from wherever you are, whenever you want, because Igloo believes in keeping things mobile. They also believe in making things look good, too. If you've ever looked at your current intranet and thought it was just horrible, and whoever designed it must hate you, those days are over. Igloo allows you to completely customize, rebrand, and give your intranet the look and feel of your team. You can also integrate services like Box, Google Drive, and Dropbox into their big, easy-to-secure platform to stop documents from being spread out into people's personal accounts. You can integrate them all with Igloo's 256-bit encryption, single sign-on, and Active Directory integrations. It is tight. With Igloo, you can also share files of your co-workers in their own collaboration engine, which includes read receipts as well, so you'll be able to make sure that critical information has been seen by everyone that needs to see it. It's time to break away from the internet you hate, go and sign up for Igloo right now and you can try it for free with any team of up to 10 people for as long as you want. Sign up today at igloosoftware.com slash remaster. Thank you so much to Igloo for their support of this show. Okay, so on the day of the PlayStation VR announcement, Shahid had flown to San Francisco and he got to spend some time with Shuhei Yoshida, president of Worldwide Studios at PlayStation. And he granted us an exclusive interview to talk about PlayStation VR and VR in general. They recorded it on a street in San Francisco, and we have it here for you. Well, Yoshida-san, thank you very much indeed. Thank you for coming, and uh, you know, all over from London for just uh, one night stay to attend, uh, or try to attend uh, this VR <laughs> event. Well, um, I think it's very exciting news, so congratulations on the announcement. Thank you um, very much. I think pe- people's reaction has been very positive to the to the price. I'm sure you must be very pleased with that. Yeah, yeah, very much. So, one thing I've been meaning to ask you is, you've been a real VR evangelist for quite some time. What convinced you of the power of VR? Well, for everyone, every one of us, you know, working in this uh, uh, VR scene, uh, that was one experience that converts you into like a skeptic to the believer. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was very, um, very fortunately, you know, some of the team's members, uh, back in PS3 days were experimenting with the, like, uh, 
viewer, like a movie viewer all the time, and uh, combining that with PS Move. Right after PS Move came out, instead of making games for PS Move, some of the studio people started to experiment with using attaching PS Move as a head tracking device to the uh, HMD of the time. And uh, one of the team member was Thomas Miller, who worked in you know Santa Monica studio. He was in the day uh, making games for you know PS3 go to war, but uh, at night he was doing this work converting that God of War code on PS3 to become like a VR game. So when I visited, you know, Santa Monica Studio, you know, back in the days, you know, I was put on this, you know, handmade headset with PS Move on, and uh, that was, I was in God of War, you know, world. And what amazed me was when I looked down, I saw my body was Kratos. <laughs> I was like, Wow, this is amazing! So the game, you know, full game was working, and I, with some button press, I was like uh, hitting and uh, killing the enemies. Yeah. So that was one experience. I was like, power of VR. It was not real VR because, uh, you know, uh, field of view was very narrow because it's a movie viewer, but I saw something that could be done in the future that would be amazing. The another experience was, and, uh, SCE R&D. You know, there are multiple teams, you know, working on something, you know, interesting. And uh, they are playing with the uh, PC code of Half-Life 2, I think, right. to convert, uh, to make it a VR experience using, like, another handmade prototype using PS Move again. Uh, so that I was able to use uh, PS Move to point and shoot in Half-Life 2 where, where I had the complete freedom right. to look around. And I was like, this is amazing. Being able to use my arm, my hand, and uh, shoot anywhere in the game. So these experiences convinced me that, you know, there are so many, you know, experiments, interesting experiments going on here. But on PS4, um, we could make the real consumer based uh, VR system. So I, I became one of the cheerleaders in the company that, yeah, this is great. We should make it a real project. So that was when, you know, I became, I, I converted to become the believer and yeah. one of the evangelists in, internally first. Like every day when I walk, wake up, I see some news of some company doing some, ex, you know, exciting new things. That, that's amazing how quickly the whole industry is moving, moving really fast. We cannot, you know, stand still because everyone is moving really fast. So one thing, you know, of course, you know, gaming is my passion and uh, PSVR for at least initially is targeted to, you know, current PS4 owners who are mostly, you know, core gamers. So gaming, you know, for VR is really important, but personally, you know, some of the use of uh, uh, VR tech, like uh, I just uh, attended uh, uh, a VR DC session today, you know, by a person, you know, at, at the USC, you know, she used to be a journalist and uh, using this, you know, uh, immersive technology to uh, apply to journalism. So she recreated some of the scene that actually happened using the audio recordings and smartphone video recordings as of some, you know, police uh, violence or, yeah, some uh, 
uh, situations are uh, in uh, Middle East, like a Syrian, you know, war that puts you in the scene of these, you know, horrible events happening to really feel the uh, impact, you know, emotional impact through using this new media. So she calls it uh, immersive journalism. And I truly believe the power of this medium to be utilized in many different, like, uh, parts of the, you know, uh, society. And the journalism would be one of the things because journalist's job is to how to communicate, you know, what's happening in the world to the rest of the world. And VR creates an opportunity to really put anyone in anywhere in the world to be in the place that's happening. Yeah. So that, that's just one example of exciting things, you know, happening um, using in this new tech and new medium of uh, virtual reality outside gaming. So, so I'm beyond excited to be able to bring PSVR to consumers' hands, you know, this October so that they can uh, play, people can play amazing games in VR and also their families and friends can experience all these new, you know, entertainment experience or some uh, educational, you know, experience on PSVR as well. Uh, I guess that leads me on to asking about PlayStation's position as the leader in providing a really good, comfortable experience. Do you think that's really important to PlayStation? How do you think you've been working to address the, the user comfort angle of VR? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely the number one issue we've been tackling on. And the, uh, from the hardware design standpoint, we really, uh, we are committed to bring a system out that we can create the uh, very good, uh, comfortable VR experiences. So we have many technical, like, uh, uh, milestones we needed to hit before we bring, uh, PSVR to the consumers. So, uh, two years ago, uh, we announced at GDC here the Project Morpheus prototype. That was good, you know, good. We could create good experience. But uh, we knew what we needed to improve upon. Uh, that was shared, you know, by the small uh, 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 VR enthusiast of the time. That uh, you know, frame rate and latency and the field of view and all these uh, important uh, technical uh, milestones that we knew we were able to uh, uh, surpass if we wait, you know, for another year or so. And uh, this year we are launching with amazing 120 hertz OLED display that you know you don't see anywhere else. So we are taking advantage of this cutting edge technology to ensure that we are releasing the system that developer can create really comfortable, great experience. So that's one thing. So on the hardware systems standpoint, we believe we have done the work. And the rest of the work is all in the hands of developers, uh, including ourselves. Yeah. To, you know, there are so many, so much things we can easily, you know, put into our games that make people sick. Yeah, yeah make, making horrible VR experiences is the easiest thing <laughs> as a developer that you can do. And even worse, as a developer, you know how your game works. 
and you are using the VR system all day, every day. Yeah. So you get acclimated yes. to the system and what you are making. So you lose sight of what you, is your uh, uh, experiences creating the people who never experienced your game before. So the the issues that uh, that the developers have to overcome are multifaceted and complicated and very difficult to test unless you keep bringing in new people to try your uh, uh, games. So that's what. So in order for us to be able to provide. Uh, great experiences to consumers who buy PSVR. We are uh, working together with developers working on PSVR games to share their learnings, you know, what worked and what didn't work. And uh, we, have, we published like a guideline and best practices uh, to our, you know, developers. And we are holding seminars so that, you know, we can invite the leading VR developers to talk about their learnings and uh, share that with the uh, new developers. So we continue to work on that. And VRDC this year in San Francisco is amazing. You know, there are, there are hundreds and thousands of people freaking to attend these uh, uh, sessions and there are overflow rooms already overflown and other people are uh, watching the, you know, sessions. In, on, in the corridor on the TV. So there are lots of excitement and there are lots of developers working on new VR experiences and they are very eager to learn from the people who are working on already. One of the things that I found really inspiring about the way you've been evangelizing VR is that all of the VR platform holders seem to be very friendly towards mm. one another. Absolutely. Why yeah. do you think that is? Well, because we started around the same time you know, in 2012, 13, you know, 14, you know. And uh, at that time, there are more people who are skeptical about, you know, the potential of VR. Uh, so we, we were driven by passion. You know, we really wanted to make these uh, things real. And uh, so because the community was so small, we knew each other, you know, very well. And uh, uh, especially between people involved and Oculus and ourselves, uh, we have uh, uh, a mutual trust and respect with each other. And we know, you know, all of all three of us uh, are committed to deliver great, you know, VR systems to the world because that's super important for the VR to take off. Yeah. So the uh, we know that. Any one of the companies, you know, we when we bring in our system for trial for new people, we are converting more people to believe our VR in general. Yeah. So we are working together. We feel we are competing to create the most amazing, great, you know, systems. Uh, from engineering standpoint, it's a great, healthy competition. But uh, in a larger uh, a scope of things. We are helping each other to get more people in the world excited and become believer of uh, uh, VR. I wanted to uh, finish with a really interesting quote okay. um, that I read in a really old book, but it's by William Bricken, somebody who was working at AutoCAD over 20 years ago, and he said, virtual reality is now in the unique position of being commercially available 
before being academically understood. Do you think this is still true? And also, do you think that's a good or a bad thing if it's true? I, I, I'm not as familiar in the how much work has been done in the academic area uh, on VR. You know, some people say, like Palmer said, that, you know, everything has been analyzed and researched for the last, you know, so many years around VR. Uh, however, every day for us developers are learning something new. And for me, what, what we are learning, what I'm learning, uh, going through making, you know, VR games and VR experiences is less about VR itself and more about human being. You know, how human being perceive the world around us, how we see, uh, we take something as reality as opposed to non-reality. That something, you know, I believed like a naturally as real. Uh, now I understand it's just my brain is interpreting the signals coming through my senses and recreating this perception of reality for me. And uh, uh, we are very limited in terms of what we can perceive through our senses as human being. And uh, understanding this mechanic, me mechanism of human being, senses and uh, recreation of reality, you know, by sending right signals at right timing, uh, we can present to ourselves something that not real as real through virtual reality. And uh, I, I totally believe now that the uh, virtual reality will become part of reality for the human being in the future. What you experience through virtual reality will be almost as good as what you experience in the real world. So I totally believe this, and uh, I really liked and retweeted what when Palmer said that the 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 only difference between reality and virtual reality is the amount of signals, amount of data. And uh, when I was talking to Palmer that I really liked your quote and I'm using that, Palmer said that, well, I just took it from the sold art online. <laughs> but that, I think, is the core of things that's, you know, because we didn't have as good uh, VR system in the before, so there are certain things that academics were not able to test in the past using their systems that are available back then. So all these theories or understanding of virtual reality will, you know, at the same time happen with the very robust virtual reality systems we are bringing to the market to consumers as well. Ishida-san, thank you very much indeed for talking to Remaster. Thank you. Thank you for being having me in the Remaster series that I enthusiastically listen to every time you publish. Thank you so much. Have a great GDC. Thank you. You too. This episode of Remaster is brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. You can start building your own website today at squarespace.com and use the offer code insertcoin at checkout to get 10% off your first 
purchase. With easy-to-use tools and templates, Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you. Because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. With Squarespace, you can build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level with no coding experience required. With beautiful templates that feature responsive design and tons of awesome features and tools, you'll be able to make your website look and feel exactly how you want. Squarespace have state-of-the-art technology to power their websites and to power your site to ensure security and stability at all times. And they're trusted by millions of people around the world because of it. They have 24-7 support. They have rock-solid fast hosting. They have their commerce platform to sell physical and digital goods and so much more. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month and you'll get a free domain name if you sign up for a year. You can sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required and start booting your own website straight away by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up, make sure that you use the offer code insertcoin, that's all one word, I-N-S-E-R-T-C-O-I-N, to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Remaster. Thank you to Squarespace for their support of this show and Relay FM. So Shahid, you are back from your trip. Yes, I am back in... Spirit, not sure where my body is right now. (laughs) (laughs) So you just made this decision to just go, right? Like there was no original plan for you to be at GDC. No, I'd been telling everybody that I wasn't going. I turned down about, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 meeting requests. Are you going to GDC? No, this year I've decided to give it a miss because I'm going to stay back and I'm going to work. And then... My timeline gets increasingly cluttered with people talking about how excited they are about going to GDC. And I'm thinking, oh, this is this is kind of stinging. And it was Sunday afternoon. And I thought, hmm, let's have a look at my air miles situation. And let's see if there are any air miles flights. Because, you know, it's a pretty big thing to justify. I had no plan, by the way. I was just curious. Yeah. I had a look. And there were some flights, but only if I left on the Monday, on the Monday morning. Remember, this is Sunday when I'm thinking about Uh this. And the flights coming back are for Tuesday night. And I'm thinking, hmm, I remember hearing about this PSVR event. What time is that? So I had a look at that and it was just about enough time for me to be there while the event was happening and then to catch a flight back. And I thought, okay. Hmm. And I hadn't really made up, made up my mind. I, I went indoors from the shower shed. And I looked at the missus and she knew something was up. And I said, look, I know I said I didn't want to go to GDC, but I've been looking at the air miles situation, etc." And she just interrupted me. And she said, do you want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah. And and she said, why? And I said, it really boils down to one simple thing. I've got to that point in my life where I have a lot of independence and freedom, and I absolutely love that. And I thought, if I look back mm-hmm. in the future at this time, will I regret going or will I regret not going? And when I realised that I would regret not going, the decision was easy. And she said, go do it and I thought 
Okay, it's Sunday afternoon coming on to Sunday evening. Can this happen? I didn't have a place to stay. I didn't have a plan for PSVR event. Nobody was going to find out that I was going to be there because just about everyone I knew from uh, Europe was on a plane at this point. So I did pretty much everything on the phone, actually. That was the, that was the incredible thing for me. I did the air miles uh, booking on the phone. I did the Airbnb. You mean like surfing your iPhone, not like calling them? No, didn't call anyone. Um, it was all done through apps and stuff. It was just, just blew me away. You know, the thing that, that's so amazing is that in this day and age, you can do something like this entirely through apps on your iPhone. You know, you can book your flight. You can do your Esther check. You can contact people through whatever medium they choose. You can book your Airbnb. And suddenly, the next morning, you're on a plane to San Francisco. And it's mental. I spent just as much time in the air as I did out there. So what was happening at GDC then? Because you obviously went, I don't know, maybe just for the fear of missing out factor, but what were you looking to achieve whilst there and what kind of came your way? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm not so sure it was about the fear of missing out so much as it was uh, a case of I loved the vibe of GDC. Sure. But having having said that, I mean, yeah, I, I guess there was an element of that. Like, let's let's be completely frank here. You know, it is a really really important place for developers to be, and it's very hard to quantify exactly why. But here's the thing: for the last year I was at PlayStation, my job was to commission a ton of content for PSVR launch window. So I was very much a part of the whole VR push. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of stuff that my team signed up that hasn't even been announced yet for PSVR, some of it pretty cool. And I thought, if there's this event going on, I really want to be in the midst of that while it's happening. And I, I didn't fool myself. I thought my chances of actually getting into the event were slim. And as, as it transpired, I didn't actually get in. But it was a tiny little room. And let's face it, nowadays, you can get just as much a good vibe for the thing remotely. I watched a Periscope yeah, stream. Yeah, me too. That's how I watched it. Except the thing was, I was in the Marriott Marquis with my laptop and iPhone <laughs> watching this thing. And there are, I'm, I'm in, in the, um, the lobby, right? And there are people walking by trying to tap me on the shoulder. And normally I'm so nice and, you know... Um, really delighted and give people hugs and I really feel that but I was such an irritable so-and-so someone came and tapped me on the shoulder and I, I just wanted to, wanted to swear obscenities at them <laughs> because I'm watching for me one of the most important events um, in history I know that sounds ridiculous right but the whole VR thing is so exciting everyone feels like it's the beginning of something and I had um, Ben right next to me Ben um, is still in strategic content. We work together. And uh, we were both watching this Periscope stream and we were in San Francisco. We were in the Marriott Marquis and it was just so exciting. I mean, obviously I knew what was going to be announced, but I just wanted to see that it was actually going to happen. It was actually going to be at the price that we were all thinking it was going to be. And it was, and it was just, just wonderful. So then, obviously, we got an incredible interview, which everybody has now heard with Yoshida-san. How did that come about? Sunday evening, as I'm doing all my meetings, I I drop a line to pretty much uh, all of the top bods I knew at 
PlayStation, including Yoshida-san, asking if there was a chance in hell of me getting into this event with no notice. I mean, it's so unprofessional. I'm just glad I'm not working for PlayStation because if I'd pulled that one while working for PlayStation, I would have got telling off from someone. But I dropped them a line and I thought, maybe they can get me in. If not, maybe I could stand outside and, you know, uh, (laughs) jump people, (laughs) you know. But uh, I dropped him a line and said, listen, if you can get me in, it would be wonderful. If not, it'd be lovely to meet. And he he came back um, quick as lightning and said, not sure we'll be able to get you in at this point because it's a very small event. Um, And also he wasn't actually in charge of the event. It was uh, the American team who were in charge of the event. So, you know, there's all of that stuff going on. But he said, tell you what, um, do you fancy dinner? I thought, whoa. Mm." And my, you know, at this point I thought, yes, I can now justify this because if I can be cheeky enough to ask him for a quick few minutes interview around around the announcement, the PSVR announcement, that could be a really cool thing for a remaster. So, because when you were going out there, you were planning on interviewing a few people, getting some sound bites, which we have. Like, so we have a bunch of other clips that we're going to use in a later episode um, to kind of talk about the GDC type stuff, events, and train jams. Like, we have some great interviews. Yeah. And then we were hoping that, oh, maybe you'll get a sound bite from Yoshida-san, but then he gave you like 15 minutes standing on a street corner somewhere in San Francisco. <laughs> it was wonderful. So we went for dinner and we had just the most amazing chat. And it's really nice and relaxed because, you know, when I was working at PlayStation before, obviously things are a bit more formal. And, and so we talked about VR and we talked about a whole bunch of projects and stuff and the situation at PlayStation and all of that and my plans and so on. It was quite funny, actually, because he asked me if I consider myself, um, this is a jokey opening, he, he asked me if I consider myself uh, a developer first or a podcaster first, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, which was which was hilarious. He's a lovely, lovely guy. Yeah. And, you know, I honestly thought that I would get just a couple of minutes um, or, of interview from him and that I'd just get a very quick sound bite on the announcement. But he was totally up for it. And the thing is, while I was waiting for him, I was I was sitting at the dinner table. I was so nervous. I was playing with my gorilla pod and I snapped the damn thing. I didn't think oh. those things could break, but I broke it. So th- that's why um, I-, I wasn't able to use the thing. So I was holding this thing in my hand and hoping my hand wouldn't shake. But, you know, by the time he, he'd uh, delivered that opener, I was absolutely cool again, um, which... Which was good because I, I wasn't actually nervous about meeting him as a developer because I'm in my element there, right? Yeah. I was nervous about meeting him as a podcaster. Yeah, as a journalist. Yeah, I've never done it before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, this is literally the first time. And I thought, what are you supposed to do? Uh, how does this recording device work? The recording device only arrived on Sunday and I didn't know I was going to be using it for, for San Francisco. So I didn't know how to use it. I didn't know about any of the settings. You know, I I hadn't received the um, the windshield. So so all of this stuff was going through my mind. And then I snapped my gorilla pod. And then then he comes, delivers that line. And I'm absolutely cool. And and we had a lovely chat. It was you know we would have gone on longer, but we were both kind of shivering at this point. But it was amazing. And thank you, Shane, for contributing that to our show. And uh, I'm sure people loved it. And we'll be back to regularly scheduled programming next week. But this has been something a little bit special. 
that I hope people have enjoyed. Thank you so much for listening to Remaster. If you'd like to find our links and show notes for our episode, you can head on over to relay.fm slash remaster slash six. We are at Remaster FM on Twitter. You can subscribe to the show in iTunes. You can find links over on our website as well if you want to subscribe to the show. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter. Federico is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and we have the lovely Mr. Shahid Ahmad, and he is over at Shahid Kamal, that's S-H-A-H-I-D-K-A-M-A-L on Twitter. We hope you'll join us next time. Until then, bye-bye.